It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. How do you make more masks yesterday? 3M meets the crisis it's been preparing for. By Brian Gruley and Rick Clough. Andrew Reeder, manager of 3M's respirator mask factory in Aberdeen, South Dakota, got the call from headquarters on Tuesday, January 21st. He gathered about 20 managers and supervisors into a conference room where they sat, unworried, less than six feet apart. Reeder told them that a new virus was spreading rapidly in China and that 3M was expecting demand for protective gear to jump. The Aberdeen plant had already ramped up production of respirator masks in response to demand from first responders battling wildfires in Australia and contending with the volcano in the Philippines. Now, Reeder told his charges, Aberdeen would shift to surge capacity. Idle machinery installed for precisely this purpose would be activated, and many of the plant's 650 employees would immediately start working overtime. We knew it wouldn't be a two-week blip. It would be longer, Reeder says but I had no idea. This is 3M's moment, one for which the staid 118-year-old Minnesota manufacturing giant, the maker of post-its, scotch tape, touchscreen displays, and scores of other products, has been preparing for almost two decades. Coming out of the SARS epidemic of 2002 and 3, 3M realized it wasn't fully equipped to handle unexpected explosions of demand in the event of a crisis, or what it calls an X-factor. It decided to build surge capacity into its respirator factories around the world. Over the years, with X-factors such as the Ebola panic and the H1N1 flu virus generating flash floods of demand, the company kept refining its emergency response. When the world started clamoring for respirator masks to help confront coronavirus, 3M was ready. People everywhere are scrambling for ventilators, COVID-19 test kits, bleach, and toilet paper. But almost no item is as scarce and as vital to addressing this medical emergency as the N95 respirator masks made by 3M, Honeywell, Medicom, and a smattering of other companies. Without respirators, doctors, nurses, and other medical personnel are at increased risk of contracting the affliction they're treating. China, where this coronavirus originated, also happens to produce half the world's respirators. As the outbreak spread, the Chinese government halted mask exports and demanded that all in-country manufacturers, including 3M, crank up production. Shortages swiftly developed as COVID-19 cases appeared in Asia, Europe, and the U.S., forcing healthcare workers to reuse old respirators and cobble together ersatz masks from materials bought at craft stores. In America, states are bidding against one another for masks priced as much as 10 times the usual cost of 60 cents to 80 cents apiece. 3M can't save the day on its own, but it's promising a remarkably large contribution. The company has, in two months, doubled global production of N95 masks to about 100 million a month, 
and it's planning to invest in new equipment to push annual mask production to 2 billion within 12 months. On March 22nd, Chief Executive Officer Mike Roman said in a news release that 3M had sent 500,000 respirators to hard-hit Seattle and New York City, and that it was ramping up production of hand sanitizers and disinfectants as well. Two days later, Roman said 3M would work with Ford Motor to produce powered air purifying respirators, waste-mounted devices that blow air into helmets that shield wearers. Honeywell is also increasing N95 production, saying it will hire at least 500 people to expand capacity at a facility in Rhode Island. Although businesses globally have emptied out, more than half of 3M's 96,000 employees are still showing up for work in its factories and warehouses. It's been amazing, says Reader, who's in the Aberdeen plant seven days a week, usually walking the floor, which is now marked with yellow tape to keep workers from violating the imaginary six-foot infection barrier. People are very proud to work in a place that's making respirators, especially with the need that's out there now. Pliny the Elder wrote of sulfur miners in ancient Rome using animal bladders to fashion the earliest face masks. Leonardo da Vinci imagined a mask soldiers could wear as they flung poisoned powder at enemies. Over the centuries, masks evolved to counter smoke, smog, coal dust, and asbestos fibers. During the 1918 flu pandemic, San Francisco health regulators recommended that people wear masks in public places. The N95 respirator is so named because, worn properly, it blocks at least 95% of airborne particles from entering a wearer's mouth and nose, while still allowing respiration through the microscopically porous shell. This design protects a person from medical and other hazards. Flimsier, looser-fitting surgical masks are intended to prevent the wearer from infecting others with expelled mucus, blood, or spit. 3M makes about two dozen versions of the N95 for different industrial and medical purposes. Generally, they're constructed from non-woven materials, infinitesimal plastic strands blown together to form a random thicket that, under a microscope, is going to look like pickup sticks, says Nikki McCullough, 3M's global leader for occupational health and safety. If you're a submicron particle, it's quite the journey through there. The filters can block invaders as small as 0.3 microns, or about 1 one-hundredth the thickness of a human hair. The virus is smaller than that, at about 0.125 microns, but it often travels within larger particles when an infected person coughs or sneezes. 3M started making dust respirators in 1972. Later versions became staples at construction sites, oil fields, coal mines, and factories, as well as at hospitals and disaster scenes. After the SARS outbreak sent demand soaring, Roman says, we realized we didn't have the ability to flex production to adapt to the unexpected. We had H1N1 after that, we've had forest fires and hurricanes, and all of those create a surge in demand. So 3M set about rethinking the manufacturing process from one end of the supply chain to the other. Factories added assembly lines that would stand dormant until needed. Suppliers were put on alert. The company assembled emergency response teams that would leap into action whenever catastrophe beckoned. Harvey, Maria, the California wildfires. Then came COVID-19. China's respirator makers had largely shut down for Chinese New Year when the coronavirus started making headlines, leaving mask supplies shrinking just as the need was poised to skyrocket. The supply chain team at 3M noticed early. We monitor our demand constantly, says Charles Avery, Global Value Stream Director for 3M's Personal Safety Division. We knew we could be in for an X-Factor. McCullough, 
who has worked on respiratory protection for much of her 23 years at 3M, began to worry when she saw Singapore and other countries taking precautionary steps even before they had many cases. We started realizing how quickly this was spreading, she says. 3M had another built-in advantage. Unlike many companies that have moved production to low-cost countries, it sources the materials for its respirators near its assembly plants and serves customers reasonably close by. We make respirators in China for the China market. We make respirators in Korea for a little more than the Korean market, Roman says. Each plant can ship respirators anywhere. Pretty important in a pandemic. But day-to-day, a plant doesn't rely on distant vendors subject to tariffs or export bans. In the U.S., the facility at Aberdeen, a city of 28,000, was built in 1974. The 450,000-square-foot factory and a sister plant in Omaha together produce 400 million respirators of myriad types annually. Within the next year, they will be producing many more. When Rieger got that call from his bosses in January, he says, Basically, we were at that point where we needed to start every machine up. It happened pretty much instantaneously, and that's what this plant does. The facility quickly organized off-site and online job fairs. Hires had to undergo training and pass a medical exam before starting work. The payroll now counts more than 700. Reader has also been bringing in new equipment to build additional assembly lines. The mask components are readily available because most of them, including the filters, are made in-house. The lines that assemble respirator cups, filters, nose clips, and nose foam are loaded with robots and other automation, while humans tend to packaging and other tasks that allow more easily for social distancing. No workers have yet gotten sick, Reader says. At home, his wife has been patient. Though, he jokes, when we try to sit down and watch a movie and I get six calls in between, I get a couple of looks. Tamar Abduni is a Beirut-based consultant who facilitates the trade of, among other things, 3M respirators. Usually, he can buy them for $1.25 apiece and resell them for a dime more. Lately, the best purchase price he can get is $7.25. Even if he were willing to buy at that price, he says, selling respirators at multiples of his usual price during a pandemic would tarnish his reputation. 3M makes the Rolls Royce of masks, Abduni says. People are holding stocks of masks and waiting for them to increase in value before selling them off. This is becoming very unethical. This is a war on coronavirus, and I don't want to be a warlord. In the U.S., too, prices for personal protective equipment are being driven up in what has become a grim marketplace. It's unclear whether some distributors are withholding masks as demand rises, but states are clamoring for every mask they can scrounge and must compete against one another to secure them. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said on March 23rd that masks the state usually buys for 85 cents now cost $7. 3M says it hasn't raised respirator prices and can't control what happens after it sells its products to distributors. Roman wrote to U.S. Attorney General William Barr on March 24th to offer 3M's help in rooting out medical device counterfeiting and price gouging. With demand soaring, 3M's respirator sales could nearly double this year to $600 million, according to William Blair analyst Nicholas Heyman. The company, despite its $32 billion in annual revenue, could use the boost. 3M has frustrated Wall Street in the past year with reduced earnings forecasts, sharp downturns in key markets, and thousands of layoffs. The coronavirus outbreak remains a threat to the broader supply chain and economy, and it could ultimately make it more difficult for 3M to serve customers, the company acknowledged in a regulatory filing on March 25th. 
It also faces potential liabilities of as much as $10 billion, some analysts estimate, over its past use of PFAS, a group of chemicals that shows some associations with cancer. 3M's shares fell last year, even as the broader markets were advancing. In Aberdeen, Reader has more pressing things to worry about. I just think, he says, as we've continued to see things spread across the world, it's put more responsibility on us to make sure that every day and every minute we're making every mask we can. With Riley Griffin. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.